A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, she's one of the four women who helped revolutionize NXT before getting called up to the WWE big time. I'm talking about the much-requested Becky Lynch, the last kicker, is finally on Talk as Jericho. You're going to hear the crazy path she took to eventually land a tryout in Birmingham, which is where I am right now. What a coincidence. Uh, she got a spot in the first NXT class as a result. She's also worked as a flight attendant, graduated clown college, uh, the Art of Clown, graduated with an acting degree, worked as a stunt woman, and even had matches in the indie scene in Vancouver, Canada. It's one hell of a excellent Beck story, and we're going to get back to it after first. I tell you how you can win a DDP yoga program signed by my friend and my yoga mentor, DDP yoga creator, Diamond Dallas Page. This is all you have to do. Just tweet your personal DDP Yoga success story to at Talk is Jericho on the Twitter and use the hashtag podcast one. One winner will be chosen to get the free DDP Yoga program autographed by Dallas. Now, DDP Yoga is more than just a workout program. It's a healthier way of life that's already helped tens of thousands of people. You guys know how much it's helped me. I wouldn't be in the ring or on stage with Fozzie if not for DDP Yoga. Now, you know what it did for Jake the Snake Roberts. DDP and DDP Yoga literally saved Jake's life. You can see it for yourself uh, on the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Uh, Dallas and director Steve Yu brought Jake to Atlanta and worked for him for over three years to film this amazing documentary. They got everything on tape. Jake's journey to get his life and health back, to reunite with his family, work through his emotional issues, and even reclaim his amazing career in the wrestling biz. If DDP Yoga has helped you, then let me know. Tweet your DDP Yoga story to at TalkIsJericho. Use the hashtag podcast one and you could win a copy of the ddp yoga program autographed by diamond dallas page himself that's right just tweet me your ddp yoga story at talk is jericho and use the hashtag podcast one for your chance to win an autographed ddp yoga program a winner will be chosen at random and you still have time to experience your own ddp yoga story because ddp has given you guys a great deal on ddp yoga just go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho to take advantage that's ddpyoga.com slash jericho Go. DDP Yoga changes lives. I should know because it changed mine. Go check it out and do it today. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome. 
welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived, and it's Friday. It's That's right, the People's Podcast is here, and let's kick it off with a little Fozzie and She's My Addiction.
wanted to play that for you. It gets a huge reaction here on the Cinderblock Party Tour. It's winding down. We've got one last show on our own tonight in Nottingham at the Rescue Rooms. Always a great show for us. And then we got Saturday in Sheffield at the Winter Rock uh, Festival. And then in Treco Bay, Wales at the Planet Rock Festival. We'll be playing with the darkness. It's the end of the Cinderblock Party Tour. And what a tour it's been. Had such a, a great time. So many killer shows. And it's kind of funny. Um, if you say, what was the best show? I mean, London, always a good show. Manchester was great. Uh, I love the Cologne show. Luxembourg was a lot of fun for our first time ever there. Netherlands was a lot of fun in Rotterdam. But I think the winner so far of the best show of the tour was in Chester, which is close to Liverpool. And uh, just a tremendous show, sold-out show, crazy, crazy crowd, loudest crowd of the tour. Uh, it ended up with uh, Rich Ward crowd surfing, playing guitar and wearing a turban. If you were there, you know. If you weren't, well, you wish you were. And uh, I, 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 it's so many cool things that happen, but there's one really strange thing that happened. Like So sometimes when you show up to a venue... Every day, uh, I like to take a shower. So most venues have shower facilities, but sometimes if you get to an older one or maybe one that's not as fancy, there won't be a shower in there. So the promoter gets what's called a day room, and you use that uh, day room to go in there and have a shower. You go hang out there, and you know I'll record podcast stuff or read or work out, but also take a shower. And it's not just for me. It's for the whole band, but I'm usually the only guy who goes there because the band has to do stuff during the day, and they'll go there after the show. So... During the day, we get there and I walk in and my tour manager, James, and myself check into the room and go into uh, open the door. And then the, the proprietor comes and he stands in there and he's like, hello, how are you? And he introduces himself. We have to shake his hand. It's like, okay, great. I have no problem shaking hands and meeting guys, but I really want to take a shower. And he's like, how many towels do you need? And he said, well, there's usually 15 guys in the crew. Can we get 15 towels? He's like, no, you can only get five towels. He said, well, we need 15 towels. He said, nope. You could only have five towels because people steal towels. And I said, well, if you count 15 towels out and we give you 15 towels back, I promise we'll do this. He says, no, I need more money. So the promoter paid the guy an extra 20 pounds. We got our 15 towels. So the guy brings in about 10 towels. And then I, uh, I go into the shower and I lock the door and put the bolt on. Okay. I'm in the shower, showering. This is a really small room and a really small shower. Like if I hadn't closed the shower door, if you would have opened the door, you'd be able to see me in the shower. So keep that in mind. So I'm in the shower and I hear a knock. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who this is, but you know, I'm in the shower. If it's important, they'll knock later or maybe it's just somebody wanting to, whatever, I don't know. So I keep showering and I hear another knock. I'm like, okay, this guy's really getting persistent, but it's, it's, you know, whatever. I'm just taking my shower. I'm enjoying myself. You know, you're taking a shower and a hot shower. It's a rare thing. Like you don't, if you're, if you get a shower, that's actually really hot over when you're on tour and all the guys in bands will be able to tell, uh, agree with me on this, or even guys in the WWE, sometimes showers just aren't hot. This is a really hot shower. So then I hear the deadbolt opening and someone walks in the room. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, get out of here. And he's like, oh, you need more towels. I'm like, no, I don't need more towels. Leave. F off. Get the hell out of here. F off. So the guy leaves. I go inside. There's another stack of towels. So now we've got 10 towels and another stack of 10 towels. And I'm like, yeah, this is towel overkill. Like, we should use none of these towels just to prove a point. So uh, I finish my shower and, you know, I towel off and, and go and, you know, put my clothes on and brush my teeth and whatever. And then about five minutes later... 
there's another knock on the door. And I'm like, I open the door. I'm like, what? And it's the guy. He's got more towels. I'm like, dude, we don't need any more towels. He said, you need, you said you needed 15 towels. I'm bringing, I was like, we've got 30 towels here. And I said, were you in here earlier? And he said, yes, I just came in to drop off towels. I said, no, you can't just walk into someone's room and drop off towels. And he goes, yes, I can. And I said, no, you can't. This is our room. And he said, no. He said, if it was a lady in the shower, it's a problem. I would never do that. But if it's a guy in the shower, it's not a problem. I said, yes, it is. He goes, no, it's not. I said, so what, you, you want to come in and see a naked dude in the shower? Is that your thing? He goes, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I don't know what accent this is because I'm not sure what kind of a guy he was. And he goes, I go, listen, this is our room. If the deadbolt is on, do not come in here. Don't walk in. You can't just open the door. He goes, yes, I can. It is my room. You only have this room as a day room to shower in. And I said, yeah. And I was in here showering, you dummy. And he goes, I will call the cops and kick you out of here. I said, great. When you call the cops, send them to me afterwards because I'm going to have you arrested for, uh, for trespassing. You know, for, for, for trespassing on a lack of privacy in the shower, whatever charge that is. So he's arguing with me. And I said, listen, this is our room. You can't do this. You can't come in here. Get the hell out of here. And finally, he just breaks down. He goes, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I did not mean to insult you. And I said, dude, just leave. And he's, tra- he's trying to shake my hand. And I'm like, okay, I shake his hand. And I'm like, just get out of here. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. I'm sorry for if that offended you. So anyways, he leaves, closed the door, deadbolted again. Not that it matters. So my question to you is, fine listeners of Talk is Jericho, are you allowed to just walk into somebody's room if the deadbolt is on to deliver towels? I can understand if you knock and there's no answer and then you try and open the door and the deadlock is on, deadbolt is on. So he had to use the room key and then use an actual key to unlock the deadbolt. So was I in the wrong or was he in the wrong? I think, I, I think he was in the wrong. Like if, it's, if it's our room, it's like if I'm at uh, the embassy suites and I put the, 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 the deadbolt on the door and the maid tries to open the door and sees the deadbolt's on. She goes, sorry, I'll come back later. This guy just walked right in. So either he was trying to see me naked in the shower or he legitimately just wanted to deliver more towels and didn't think about it. But anyways, that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with when you're on the road uh, in a strange country playing rock and roll music. So was I in the wrong? Was I in the right? You be the judge. Hit me up at Talk is Jericho. Let me know. Was the guy right and just barging into the room? Uh, with more towels, even though the deadbolt was on. That's my question to you, fine, sexy beast, talk as Jericho's listeners. All right, let's get Beck to business here. We got the last kicker, Becky Lynch. The Beckstacular interview with the Beckster is coming up. Uh, she's the linchpin of the uh, Divas Revolution. She's Beck in black. She loves puns. She's a great, great performer. She's Becky Lynch. Talk is Jericho. Here in Monterey, Mexico with, uh, with Becky Lynch, who is the last kicker. And just to start off right off the bat, I'm throwing this down. You love puns. Love them. And I also love puns, so we are pun kindred spirits. So what I'm going to do is encourage you to use as many puns as you can during this interview, and I'll do the same, and we'll see how many we get at the end of it. No pressure, just if something comes up, give it a try, and we'll see what happens. So I wanted to talk to you because we're in Mexico, and this is your first time here? 
This is my first time in Mexico. Mexico uh-huh. is like Oh, called. Mexico. There's one. Okay. That's one. Uh, I don't know. I'll probably forget to keep track. That doesn't even work. <laughs> you guys can keep track at home and let us know at the end. So um, it, how is it for you, like, now being on the main roster and getting a chance to travel? Because you've traveled everywhere. More or less. Well, not everywhere. Like, the, Mexico was definitely one of the places I wanted to go. And just before I quit wrestling, I was offered to come work here. Um, at the time, I was 19, and I was a little bit nervous to come over here. It's funny, I was able to go to Japan without any um, nerves, but for some reason, Mexico seemed, I think Spanish seemed more intimidating than Japanese. So, um, Did you get kidnapped down here or something? or uh, Maybe. It just very strange. It, yeah. just, it just seemed, it just seemed I, I, I don't know, maybe on the news and everything, you'd hear worse stories than you'd yeah, hear like in It's Japan. a third world yeah. country in a lot of ways. Um, so I never came over here even though I wanted to but I was just a little bit apprehensive mm-hmm. so to be able to be here and then be with the WWE which I'm still and then seeing like you and then Taker and Kane and everybody on the bus and Fifth Thinley and uh, Mike Rotunda it's just it's, it's amazing I, I, that doesn't get old that can't get old because I go how did this happen how did a little girl from Dublin who just grew up watching how did I get here but it's just yeah is this your first kind of international tour with the WWE yes ah okay yes so you're seeing kind of how it works being you know because when we're on the road in the states you travel with whoever you're traveling with rent your cars get your hotels but internationally everything's taken care of yes right I like that well um, with NXT as well we kind of had when we would do the road shows everything was kind of like this so we got a bit of would you have a, would you have a bus? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So so on the NXT road trips you you'd have your bus, you'd have your hotel, all your meals were planned out and everything like really? that. Really? Yeah. Why don't they do that for WWE then? That would <laughs> I didn't be lovely. About that. <laughs> yeah. That's so so you guys so tell me about this. So let's say okay, because we know you do the full sale shows yes. in Orlando. So let's say you got a show in I don't know, Fort Lauderdale. What do you gotta do? Okay, Fort Lauderdale, then we'll drive. Okay. Yeah, but if it's, say, Pittsburgh, okay. then we'll go, we'll go to the airport, we'll all get picked up by the bus, we'll be brought to the hotel, we'll have our itinerary like we do here, we'll have our meals, we'll go to the venue at whatever time, again, get picked up. Wow. So how was it for you? I mean, um, you've already said a couple of things that I want to go back and, uh, and ask you about, but coming, first of all, I mean, NXT has become such a, a thing now to where... You know, every few years uh, in wrestling, like, for example, ECW. When ECW was hot, you just had to say ECW and everyone would want to go. And that's kind of how NXT is now. It's become like this entity uh, amongst itself. Yeah. And, and you were like, a part of building that. It's, it's unbelievable. And I, I love it. I, um, I was never in a rush to get up here because NXT was so amazing. Um, I think before with the whole developmental thing, it was all, you know, oh, i got to get to the main roster. But with NXT, we were building this, just like you said, this incredible entity. And you could feel it. And everybody was so passionate and so excited. And um, the women's division is unparalleled. It's um, just absolutely amazing. So... Wait, what was the question again? <laughs> I just said, I mean, I mean, basically, you've answered it. You know, how was it to be a part of that as it's growing? Because you mentioned the, the women's division based around the crux of, of, of the four of you guys. I won't say the four horsewomen because Ronda Rousey might kick my ass, but let's say four horsewomen. Eek. Eek. Did you guys actually call yourselves that? Um, well, you know, we didn't start calling ourselves that, and then it, we did an interview, and then we were called the four okay. horsewomen. And they were like, eh. 
Yeah, four. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you, and it was Sasha, and it's Charlotte, and it's uh, Bailey. Yeah. You guys had these incredible series of matches between the four of you. Did you know any of them before you got to NXT? No. No, I didn't know any of them. Um, and I remember just being at home, and I'd, I'd look them up and, um, on the internet. and uh, But I didn't know them. I hadn't seen them work before. I think I saw like a few of Mercedes' independent matches. But that was it. Mm-hmm. That was it. I certainly never saw Charlotte work before. Cause, well, I don't think... She just debuted. Probably hadn't even worked many places. Yeah, yeah. she just debuted. I, I don't even know where Bailey's from. Bailey's from um, San Jose. Okay. Yeah. So when did you guys start realizing that you had this amazing chemistry? Um, I'm not... I think it kind of... It developed slowly. It was just... You know, we were just all so passionate about it. We just really just love wrestling all of us just love wrestling and that's it it wasn't it wasn't a thing where it was like oh we're gonna build this it was just that we loved it and and everybody wanted to get better constantly and and everybody was so willing to help each other out and um like when i arrived lord have mercy i you know didn't couldn't do my makeup and hair and blood and, and these are all the little things that you need and you didn't stuff. know how to do it properly or yeah and i'm still struggling um but luckily <laughs> luckily i can get away with it because i'm a last kicker and i'm a little bit quirky and out there but um sasha really helped me with all those things and everything like that so um but what kind of what kind of makeup do you need to to be like is it like like tell me like i don't wear makeup I, I, you know, you got the eyelashes, you got, you know, the, the hair, so much The hair. eyelash kickers. Yeah, the, yeah. Right? You know, so much hair, yeah. Yeah, so much Tons hair. of hair. So much You hair. guys all have, the, I like looking at you guys, it's like looking at a nice palette of colors if I'm an artist. You've yeah. got the blonde, you've got the, the magenta, you've got the black hair, and then you've got like the orange, orange. Uh, the burnt orange, what would we yeah, call this it's color? just orange. When you go to the salon, you say, can I have orange, please? I, that's exactly what I said. Okay. I want bright orange hair. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so when we, I, I think then we just, we just kept having matches and, and, and um, we weren't trying to start a revolution. We were just trying to. Speak you. Just, just being awesome, just trying to have good matches. Mm-hmm. And that's who, who um, I mean, because you're talking, you know, the WWE, because there was, a, you know, we use the term diva revolution, and it's the cliched term, but there really was one in NXT because you guys were main eventing shows, yeah. and you guys were having these incredible 20, 30 minute matches that we hadn't seen like that in a long time, especially in this country, kind of harkening back, I told Sasha this, to like all Japan women, or, or, or you know, those, those companies that were there at the time, Neo and all those ones, were you a fan of uh, Japanese women's wrestling? Oh, was I what? Like Arison and everything like that? I used to, I oh, got... Is that what it was, Arison? I thought Arison, it was Arsion. Arison? Was it Arison? I think it was whatever, You're, whatever. you know it. Arison or right. Arsion, whatever. Arizona Championship Wrestling, there's I believe <laughs> is what it was called. There's an S, there's an I, there's an O, there's yeah. an N. Yeah. Um, and an A and an or somewhere. Nice. We'll just figure out a little the alphabet lesson yeah, there too. We'll, right. we'll okay. figure out the order. Um, but uh, I remember getting my first Japanese women's wrestling um, uh, video, and I wore that thing out, like wore it out. And my favorite wrestler, her name was uh, Nokia. Uh, her name is now Akino. Um, and she had this mask, and she was amazing. And she was the way that they moved, and just everything. It, it wasn't. They weren't moving like girls or whatever mm-hmm. way you want to put it. Um, 
Well, because in the 2000s, it was a lot of bikini battles and water gun fights and pillow fights and that sort of a thing. That's what women's wrestling was in the United States. Yeah. And then I saw that and there was moonsaults and there was like all these crazy things. Um, Just beating the shit of each other, but amazing, amazing combinations of great moves as well. Yeah. Yeah. Not always, you know psychologically well (laughs) see here's a funny thing that you mentioned this we were at the airport today and uh we were watching uh a and i watched this match and and i would love to know who it was but they never put it on the screen who it was it was a big jacked up american guy and kind of a guy with long hair against two masked guys that had these really kind of demonic molded masks and they put on one of the most amazing displays of athletic moves that I've seen. And I've been doing this a long time. I've seen, I haven't seen any of these things. Now, the psychology was zero. Yes. So if you watched it coming from here, you'd be like, oh, my gosh. But watching it as a spectacle, knowing what Lucha Libre is not American wrestling, it blew my mind. And Japanese wrestling, especially with the women, kind of the same vibe, right? Totally. But, it's, you know, it, it's like sometimes you watch, you watch Forrest Gump, and it's an incredible movie. And then you watch The Expendables, and it's an incredible movie. Well, I love The Expendables. Um, <laughs> which, which number? Uh, one, two, well, or three? I thought... I think I thought the third one was the best. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. I think so. Oh, because I remember... Or did I say... I remember tweeting that... Oh, no, no. I said that The Expendable, Expendables 3 was my third favorite movie behind Expendables 1 and Expendables 2. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite, but um, yeah. Uh, so it, it's it's two different. It, it's both great, both but two different amazing. sides of the coin, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Japanese wrestling had a more more of a bombastic style that you enjoyed. Yeah, and I love the Expendables. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so but we, I also love Forrest Gump. Well, but, but I get I get the point. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. But when you're talking about Japanese wrestling, because I know Sasha was a big fan of it of women's wrestling. So I mean, was the verdict in NXT for you guys to just I guess, how did it evolve to where you're getting 30-minute matches in the main events? We just slowly chipped their way up there, you know? And, um, well, I, a lot of it started, you know, Paige and Emma had a really good match on the first uh, gotcha. takeover arrival. And then Natty and Charlotte, Charlotte up right. the bar. And then Sasha and Charlotte up the bar. And then it just kept going, kept going. And then we had the fatal four-way. And then it was me and Sasha. And then... Uh, Brooklyn, Sasha, yeah, and Bailey. Bailey and Brooklyn, which is one of the best matches, hands down. I've I agree. Ever seen. I've I agree, ever and, seen. and not just for for girls, for no. anybody. Yeah. Girls, guys, hermaphrodites, aliens, yeah. canines, dinosaurs. I saw dinosaurs have a good T Rex had a real good one. Yeah, give him a short arm scissors. <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> but let's okay. So you mentioned give him a Rex we're talking about, and I want to get to how you got to NXT in the first place, but you mentioned a couple things here. Now, you said something that kind of slipped under the cracks that you quit wrestling for a short, for, for, for I don't know. Short, seven years, which is twice as long okay. as I had ever wrestled. So I actually what? only, con- I only consider myself having wrestled for now two years. So, so what do you mean you quit wrestling for seven years? I don't know. Oh. I should have went on Wikipedia beforehand and found out. Seven years, seven years. Struggle was real. So um, okay, so you started. You're from Ireland. I'm from Ireland. And you started in Ireland. I started in Ireland. How? And I was 15, and I was failing PE, and I watched wrestling, but it wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing that I could do. It wasn't even a dream. I can't even say that it was a dream because 
I'd never heard of. It's like going to Mars. Yeah. I'd love to go, but there's no way. Yeah. You, I hadn't seen any, certainly no girls that had, had gone there. And there wasn't even any wrestling schools until Finn Balor opened up, um, he opened up a small little wrestling school. And I expected to walk in and see something like the Performance Center, which, you know, seven rings and state-of-the-art gym or whatever. So I walk into this tiny little school hall and there were six blue mats on the ground. And that was it. And that was it. So we learned to wrestle for about three months on these six padded mats. You didn't have a ring. No, we didn't have a ring for three months. <laughs> Let me just say too, because Finn is from Ireland as well. Yeah. So there you go. So, um, so he trained me initially, and then we would go over and we'd do summer camps in England, which was just wild. Um, in what way? We would train eight hours a day, nine hours a day. There was like no air conditioning. There was just like a fan blowing in the wind. We'd be up till three in the, or four in the morning. Um, Drinking, sleeping on mats, sleeping <laughs> under the ring, on the ring. I drinking the, in the ring, on the ring, exactly. under the ring. Yeah. There was a there was a dog that would wake us up, and the dog had the biggest pair of testicles that I've ever seen. Biggest pair. He would run across your head. It was disgusting. <laughs> anyway, so that was what we do. It's interesting alarm. <laughs> the new dogs bollocks available at Kmart. So what do you mean? K9 you're sleep- Mark. K9 Mark. Nice. There's another one. So, so what you're saying is that you're uh, you're sleeping on the floor and some stray dog just runs in and runs over your face and yeah, drags yeah, yeah. his that, bollocks that's over. That's how we'd wake up. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. So good alarm, and then I'd sit there, I'd line up a bunch of coffees, just knock them back, and we go and we train for the day, and it was great. Oh, time of my life. But um, so anyway, then I, but still, I, I, you know, I, I always thought that I was going to be a lawyer. Mm. Well, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid, but then my mom um, had my aunt, who was an actress, come and talk to me and say why I didn't want to be an actress. But I knew that I needed to perform. I knew I needed to be on some sort of a stage and talk. Um, Probably if your mom would have known a wrestler, she probably would have sent the wrestler to tell you the same thing. So, but she, oh, she hated me wrestling. So that's a big part of why I quit in the first place. Um... So she, hated, I moved off from, so I trained and um, I went to college, but I dropped out because just this was, this was all I wanted to do. Yeah. And so I moved off to Canada. And you moved to Canada? I moved to Canada. I moved to Vancouver and I didn't really? know anybody really. Um, I'd met one wrestler. Uh, he'd done a show here and I'd met him and he talked about how great the independent scene was in, in Vancouver. <laughs> It was great when I was earning $30 per weekend. And where, where, where in Vancouver? Because I worked a little bit in Vancouver back in the day. Uh, ECCW. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. was it Michelle Starr? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked after me so well. And because I wasn't earning a lot of money, and then um, he'd, he'd have me babysit his kids so I could make an extra <laughs> bit of pocket money. But, but why, why Vancouver, Canada from Dublin? Well, because I needed to wrestle and I needed to get out there. And I knew that I wasn't going to get out there if I was just in Dublin because, what, we had like one show a mm. month and, you know, maybe, maybe I'd do a show in the UK. But I knew that if I wanted to get anywhere with this, I'd have to be over this side. And it, it did. It took off for me. And, um, did, did you have to get, uh, get a visa? Did you sneak in the country? Or I, got that or? I got oh, okay. a visa. Oh, you did it? Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I did everything kosher. Um, <laughs> I um I did, um and so then I so it sort of taken off for you. It, so, yeah. it took off for me, and I do some you know the odd show in the U.S. and then and then I got sent over to Japan, and then um I did a tour of Japan, and I was tagging with uh, Aja Kong and Gran Hamada, mm. and um 
Los Brazos were there oh, as well. Yeah. Bring it back to Mexico. Um, and, and Natty and uh, Sarah Del Rey was there. So it was oh, like, yeah, what it was company was that? Um, it was International Women's Grand Prix. And the promoter really liked me, and he was like, I make you champion. So technically, technically, I was the IWGP champion. Nice. Yeah, right. technically. Just don't have to figure Take out what, New the, Japan. what the letters mean. <laughs> exactly right. The other IWGP is what this was. So you, so you met Matt, uh, Natty over there? and, and I Sarah? met her actually in, in Canada. Okay. So yeah, so me and her go way back. But um, we were tagging as well a little bit there. And so anyway, so I got signed by one of the largest advertising agencies in Japan. They wanted to promote me as as the celebrity wrestler because I was young and whatever. A like as a model or as a commercial no, pitchman? or basically like the Serena Williams of wrestling. Oh, wow. They wanted to make um, me into that and they brought me over. And so I did three tours. But in the meantime, then I just, my visa ran out for Canada. I came back. I was like, oh, I got to get into the WWE, blah, 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 blah. But, I, you know. Um, maybe I don't look the part or whatever. So then I started training for bodybuilding. And then my mom was freaking out about that. And she was freaking out about wrestling and this, that, and whatever. And then one day I got hurt and um, at a show in Germany. My eye was busted open. I came back. I had this just like swollen eye and like looked like Frankenstein. And my mom freaked out. And um, I, I just was lost and confused. And I was 19 and I... You know, because you started so early at yeah, 15. Yeah, and I didn't know. You know, is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life? Or um, did you have? Were you injured when you got that eye injury? Uh, yeah, it, it, not too bad. Okay. I was concussed or whatever. But um, and actually, my my last match ended up being with uh, Soraya's mother. Really, like Paige's mother. Yeah, Who yeah, calls yeah. herself Soraya? Soraya. This is yeah. a weird thing. So Soraya is Paige's mother. And, but that's not her real name. That's her wrestling name. But Soraya's real name is Soraya, but her wrestling name is Paige. So it gets kind of confusing there. Yeah. Follow along with us kids at home. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I wrestled Paige's mother from my last match on the Independence. Um, and then I – so, okay. So my visa ran out in Canada. I was back in Ireland trying to bodybuild, trying to do shows, trying to go to Japan, not knowing where I was, wondering, you know, am I meant to be a lawyer? What am I supposed to do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm really into fitness. This, uh. So I ended up, but oh, gee, am I going to wrestle? Okay, let, let me do a personal training course, but let me do it in America so that I'll be close to the wrestling scene. So I ended up moving to Orlando, not realizing that you needed a car to get around in Orlando and typical Becky fashion, I didn't know anybody again, hadn't a lot, lot of money, so I ended up on the, uh, on the plane to Orlando and just completely lost and not knowing, and I remember being stuck in this grey, horrible, dingy apartment and just kind of shutting myself off from the world and because I just, I didn't know whether, oh, so, so, but like, you, quiet. You, you, you're telling me a lot of stuff here, so you were just picking up and going to these places just because... Orlando seems like a good place for gyms. Uh, well, no, because Orlando was where TNA was at ah, the time. Ah, okay. So I was like, oh, okay, well, if I'm in Orlando studying, pl- I'll have a plan B, and also I'll be close to TNA, and then, you plan know. Plan B, no pun intended, because you're Becky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go, one for you. <laughs> yeah. And let me just add, I know that I said that my mom didn't want me wrestling when I was younger, and that 
she really didn't she really wanted me to stop when I was 19 but I must say right now she has been the biggest supporter ever since joining WWE she just loves that I'm I'm actually happy she sees how happy I am that I'm fulfilling my dream that I'm working towards everything that I've wanted in my life and she couldn't be prouder happier or more supportive and so she's like your biggest fan she's my biggest fan now I can just imagine her walking around with a last kicker shirt <laughs> and goggles but not not quite. She's far too glam for that. Go ahead. She used she used to be a model. Oh so yeah, yeah. My dad okay. diluted the gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> Did she uh, ever come see uh, Russell? Do you know she came for the first time was in Brooklyn. Oh. Yeah, for SummerSlam. So she'd never seen me. She'd watch it on TV, but she'd never seen me wrestle live before. So that was the first time. She Who saw did you me. wrestle at that show? Um, that was SummerSlam. Was the nine. Okay. Women's tag. Right, right, right. Where, where, where I went over, I don't know. I oh, won. Gee, yeah. No big deal yeah. for SummerSlam. <laughs> you did it for your mom. <laughs> exactly. Now, you get, when you guys go to Europe in a couple of weeks, are you going to Ireland? Dublin's the first stop. No. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be huge for you. Yeah, I can't wait. Is she coming to that? Yeah, she's coming to that. And your so, brother too? My brother, uh, uh, my whole family, all my friends. Yeah. A can't whole wait. section of last kickers. Yeah. Where'd you come up with that name, by the way, Last Kicker? Do you know, actually, what happened was I, um, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Oh. I, uh, I had my match with Sasha, and I woke up, and I saw these last... I was looking at my tweets that morning, and there was all these, like, there was a T-shirt with Last Kicker on it, and I thought maybe Seamus had a female version, and I was like, <laughs> wait, but that's kind of a bit weird if he's got a T-shirt that says Last Kicker. And um, I had no idea until uh, until I actually went on to WWE shop and saw that there was a Last Kicker t-shirt. And I was like, oh, that's for me. They just made that Whoa, for you? They made that for me. And that's awesome. And then it says Made in Ireland. Made in Ireland. I was like, how did I not come up with that? Made in Ireland. You didn't come up with that either? I didn't come up with that either. No, I thought for sure because there's a, a famous album by Iron Maiden called Made in Japan. Iron Maiden. Yeah. Made in Japan, right? Yeah. And I thought maybe you heard that somewhere and took it for because they've also done Made in England. But you're now made in Ireland. Made in Ireland. So you just woke up one day and there was a last kicker t-shirt? There was just a last kicker t-shirt. Because I knew that they were going to get the goggles. Because I brought the goggles to them. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to start wearing these. Blah, 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 blah. I think they'll do great. Um, and so they were talking to me about it. And they sent me the prototype of the design and everything. They were able to get it. So I knew that was coming out. And then when I saw that I had my own t-shirt, oh, well. I cried. See, now, I wish I would wake <laughs> up one morning and have like a really cool t-shirt because I always have to think of all this stuff. The ones they always come up with me are like, you know, like pea green and like, you know, like a picture of me that looks like it was drawn by like a nine-year-old kid. I'm like, no, no, no. Well, what else you got? I'm like, oh, I'll have to go think of something. You, on the other hand, Miss Lynch, just wake up one morning and they just have them ready for you there. I know. Well, <laughs> you know. Well, that's what you get. I was delighted. Were you delighted? I was delighted. Delighted? Delighted. Oh, I was just, I was actually more angry with myself that I didn't. I know, it's it. right up your alley. Yeah, right it's up my that alley. punish type thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's excellent. It is excellent. But what I'm, so, so what I'm asking you, you're going all these places, are you just getting on the plane and going? You, you have to, you said you did things kosher. If you're going to the States, you need some kind of a, a visa, visa, right? So I got my student visa. So you're saying that you're going to school there? How does so, it, yeah, so I went and did like decided I'd do a personal training. Oh, okay. So that's over a there. student, so right? I, so I have a student visa, so I had a reason to be here, but then I could be around the wrestling scene. Ah, is it hard to get a visa like that? or? Um, 
it, no, it wasn't too hard. Okay. Like, I pay for the school sign and up and go. Like that. Yeah, you know. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Quickly, when you first moved from uh, from Dublin to Vancouver, what did you notice? Was there any differences from Canada, from Ireland? Was there any big things? Because Canada's part of the Commonwealth, so we're all yeah. quite friendly. No, everybody was friendly. No, not really. A lot more access to protein bars. <laughs> I remember stocking up on so many protein bars. And all more. the supplement shops were just great. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know us in Canada, we're known for our supplements, eh? So you got that going on at least. <laughs> oh, an A. An a boot. Oh, I think I picked it up. I think I still use A to this day. Well, yeah, well, you, you kind of, your accent is very strange too to us as well sometimes. Yeah. With the Irish thing, yeah. right? Yeah. But you almost sound a little bit like Newfoundland. If you go to Eastern Canada, uh, their voice is very much a cross of like Irish and like the voice I just used. So you could be a little Newfoundland as well. Well, I was actually in the airport the other day and there was two people behind me and I thought they were Irish. So oh, are you Irish? Because I get very excited when I hear the accent. They're like, oh, no, we're from Newfoundland. <laughs> that sounds what they sound like. <laughs> so, when you, so you mentioned that Finn trained you. Yes. And was he already kind of on the scene when you were doing all of this? Because he... Uh, in Japan or so he hadn't no he only went to Japan actually like a year after a year when I okay I got you maybe I'm jumping ahead yeah right. so I moved to okay, Canada so before he moved gotcha anywhere. okay so yeah. you're in Orlando dingy apartment you want to go be a personal trainer but you don't know where to go I, I just didn't know what I wanted to do in my life I like I had this love for wrestling and this passion but you know my uh, I, I don't know my it was just but seven years really, is a long time, though. I got really lost and just really down, and um, just what were didn't you doing? know if that was if that was if that was right. going to be my my everything. And then I, it was like a death, really, for me. I, I couldn't get over it, and I went to guidance counselors, and I would ball, and I, um, I was just constantly looking for somebody to say go back. But I never got that answer, um, and I'd always ask my my brother. He's like great, and he. Um, Your he brother's was, a wrestler too, right? He was a wrestler. Oh, he was yeah. a wrestler. Okay. Yeah, and he he picked up everything so fast, and he's just he's my Yoda. <laughs> um, and I would always talk to him, and he never gives me the answers. You know, he always you know like lets me figure it out for himself. So I would talk around it and constantly, and I probably drove him mad. It's so funny because I've always kept a journal my entire life, and when I look back on it those whole the whole seven years it was like I feel like I'm not doing what I'm meant to do hmm. like, like I'm it's interesting but I don't know how to go back there because I felt like I burned bridges because I just I shut myself off from the world when when all I, your contacts and everything yeah. you just kind of cut yourself off yeah and then just I felt so ashamed of myself for doing it you know so what were you doing for, for... Did you end up being a personal trainer for that seven years? I did, hated it. <laughs> um, ended up then working as a flight attendant because my mom was a flight attendant. Really? Yeah, she was a flight attendant for 29 years and she was handing in a resignation and she was like, will I, will I put in 
your resume and I was like oh, sure yeah you might as well so I ended up working at that and what, what airline was it Aer Lingus Aer Lingus Aer Lingus I was constantly in trouble <laughs> I was constantly in trouble ironically enough my hair always being out of place and then I got a bunch of piercings because I felt a little bit rebellious and um, I just remember waking up and I, I developed a fear of flying as well because before then I, I wasn't that bad with flying but then I trained to be a flight attendant and then just heard about everything that could go wrong so then naturally I was did you ever have any crazy experiences when you were doing not that not really there was only a there was a there was a fire on board once Ooh. an iPod caught on fire what um, yeah it was in the first class uh, seats and when they when they got up they went to when they went to go to the bathroom the chair shut on itself with the iPod down there and set the thing on fire so that was scary because it, it, I think fire doubles in seconds or doubles in size every yeah. 15 seconds or 30 I, I, seconds that's or something I think exactly like that. what it is and yeah. then when you're up in the air that's pretty scary so, so what do you, what do you okay, what's the, there's a fire you're the flight attendant what are you supposed to do grab the the, the fire extinguisher <laughs> you're making a little spray like it's, <laughs> like it's insect repellent like the you grab the cologne and, and make yourself smell good <laughs> yeah, there's two fire extinguishers on board is there or is it three there's one in the cockpit there's okay this is going a while back I can't remember okay so you're supposed to put it out yeah. are, are you telling people to, to, to be ready to go to the exits uh, no because we're in the air okay. why would they go to the exits they can't go anywhere I know, I just we don't th- have parachutes I just wanted to throw exit in there <laughs> Oh, thanks. It. Ah, damn it. How did I miss that? <laughs> okay, so we got to put this fire out, and, and are people starting to panic now? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah, because the, the smoke was filled yeah. in the first class pa- uh, cabin and then coming back into the economy. Um, but yeah, we got it under control. It was all good. Okay, so everyone yeah. calm down. Yeah. Was there any, like, do you ever meet, or some passengers just total assholes? Oh, yes. Yes, and it was students. It was a lot of the time it was students, and they would just press the call bell constantly, and they'd be going over um, to Ireland for the summer, for summer camps or whatever, just constantly pressing the call bell. One one time, one, and I remember because this was one of those times when I was just like, oh, I gave up on my dream. What's wrong with me? And this person kept pe- pressing the call bell. I'd come down, whatever, like aqua, blah blah blah, and then. Um, he pressed it again, and I came down. He didn't even look at me, and he just handed me a Twix wrapper. And I was just like, oh, oh, it took everything in my power to, yeah. Like, that, yeah, you just want to, like, go to give him his drink and ask, oh, I'm sorry, and spill it on him or something, but you have to be nice all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Some flight attendants aren't, though. I was lovely, though. Oh, you were lovely? I was lovely. The management didn't like me, but the the... Because I always have my hair out what of place. Mean, what, what's wrong with your hair? What do you mean it's out of place? Oh, I'm, it, you know the way it's supposed to be all sl- well with with it was supposed to be all slicked back and everything right, like right. that, and I didn't mind having it a bit wild and a bit down in my face and you know a little punk rock, right? Yeah, exactly. Like twenty one, twenty exactly. years old, twenty one, twenty one, twenty two, piercings, whatever. Um, but the passengers love me. I was very nice. Well, I would like to ask. There's a cool stewardess here. Or sorry, flight attendant. Don't say stewardess. Uh, how did you finally end up leaving uh, Aer Lingus? Which makes me laugh every time in a Beavis and Butthead type of way. Like, oh, you said Lingus. <laughs> Lingus. Right? Like, it's such a... It's a so, you, how did you finally end up going? So, um, 
Um, uh, my mother wouldn't let me quit, like if I just had. Because she had twenty nine years on the job. She had twenty nine years on the job, and everybody loved her as well. And then I was just this <laughs> the little scruff coming in behind her, um, and uh, yeah. So I had big shoes to fill in the airline <laughs> industry, um, and, and so then I just I never got the love of performing it, and, and with everything I was like, you know, what I loved about wrestling was traveling, so I was like, okay, well maybe being a flight attendant is going right. to be good for me, um, and then what I love about wrestling is performing, so uh, I went back to college and I did my acting degree. Oh, you got an acting degree? I got an oh. acting degree, okay. and, um, and then what I loved about about wrestling was you know uh, staying in shape so you'd be a personal so I was a personal trainer and what I loved about wrestling was fighting so I did martial arts and I went to um, I went to Thailand and you know would do classes really yeah you took Thailand martial arts yeah well I took uh, Muay Thai in Thailand yeah just like a few classes and whatever and went backpacking around uh, Thailand and Cambodia Um, and yeah uh, and then as well what I loved about Wrestling was just being foolish, so I did. I studied clown. Um, studied clown. I studied clown. I studied the art of clown. I actually did my right. thesis on clown. Okay, hold on. You got. You, we could do seven <laughs> parts here on each one of these things, but what do you, you studied clown? I studied clown. So what do you do? I, well, well, everybody thinks that you just do tricks and learn to juggle and this, that, and whatever. But no, it's it's actually a really powerful acting technique because you put on this little red nose and it's just it's it's like an arrow to your eyes and they say that the eyes are the windows to the soul it's like it's like people can just see through you or you feel like that you feel there's just this thing that comes over you when you have that little red nose on you is it like putting on like your ring gear or something where it's time like this is your battle armor and now it's time to did you become the clown? Yes. Right. And uh, I feel like you just become very vulnerable and it's very honest. You're just... Um, there was an exercise where we had to just stand up there and this was the first exercise we did and we put the nose on and we weren't allowed to do anything. And, you know, you'd want to kind of make people... Out, and she'd just say, no, no, don't move, don't do anything. And people would ball, just ball their eyes out. I was the same. The, the students cried. would? Yeah, just standing Why? there. I don't know. It was just this silence. You're just standing there just as mm. yourself, just stripped down. You can't do anything. You're just you. And I don't know. There's just such a uh, vulner- right. vulnerability there. Huh. Um, so I studied that. I- so but, but when, you, when you're finished with the vulnerability, how does it move forward? Like we're making jokes, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smartass. We're talking about, oh, you're, you're doing tricks, and you've got big floppy red shoes. But it seems that the art of a clown is a lot deeper than that, which you just explained. So then when do you start doing the tricks? Like do you show up one day, and it's like, okay, there's a, there's a water flower <laughs> trick, and there's a wacky sound effect. <laughs> Or like a gazoo. Well, whenever I, I feel like uh, that's something that you need to discover on your own. Mm. You know, that's something that you need to discover for your own clown, and that's a personal exploration. What we did was more delve into your own true emotions and what's really going on there. What's really going on with yourself? Like, mm. what do you give out to the world? But are you really crumbling inside, or are you just really? You're always smiling, but deep inside you're just this angry ball of whatever right. and that can be hilarious when that comes out um yeah so did, did you ever experience. did you put on like the full makeup at times or i didn't put on the full makeup but i had an outfit and i was like a bag lady, a bag lady <laughs> i was a bag lady did you have a name i had no did i have a mm. name 
I don't think I had a name, but I must have had a name. Baggy Lynch. <laughs> You're a Beck lady. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Okay, Beck lady. Gosh, so, so that's really interesting, though. You know, because it's it's one thing that um, when I left here in 2005, I was gone for 19 months. No, more than that, 27 months, two and a half, two years and change. Burned out, kind of similar to what you went through, but I'd already kind of done some of my dream, but I didn't know what to do, and I went to study acting. Not to become the next uh, Brad Pitt, but to learn the yeah. concept of what act- acting is and dropping down deep inside of you and pulling out these emotions and being something that you're not just by what you're feeling and what you're thinking and what you're doing. And then when I finally did came back, came come back, I did this that character with the suit and tie and then the whole like very slow talking big words, but I was dropping into it. Yeah. And I learned that from acting. Yeah. Specifically, had I not gone to those classes, I never would have been able to make the choices, acting word, that I made for that character. So that's very smart that you did that. Well, it was it was just I just I couldn't get I couldn't get whatever the passion that I have and the love that I have for wrestling, I wanted I wanted to feel that again. And I was hoping that there would be something that I would feel that for. So I kept searching. And I was a stunt woman as well. And um, All this stuff, it's so funny. It's like a list of criteria which you need to be a wrestler in a lot of ways. Well, I just broke it up into yeah. individual little parts and scattered myself around. But nothing ever felt the way that this does. And um, I, I remember I was working as a stunt woman on the Vikings. and oh, The show The Vikings? The show oh, The Vikings. Cool. And I, I went down to a wrestling school and um, just to, to try and get my confidence up. Cause I was like, it's oh, back in Ireland now? This is back in Ireland. I was like, yeah, I was good at wrestling. You know, maybe that will help me with stunts. Uh, maybe I'll, you know, I can think of different throws that I can use there or whatever. Um, and when I went down, uh, the guy who was teaching looked at my footwork and whatever and he was like, have you gone for a tryout? And I was like, no. And at this stage... I was set to move to New York. I got my visa to move to New York because I just graduated college and I was going to, you know, do the acting thing over there. Paid for my visa, paid for my flights and everything. And I said, you know, Joe, I've got my, I've got my flights booked for, for New York. I'm going to go be an actor over there. He's like, okay, just think about it. I literally thought about it for five seconds. I was like, yeah, no, that's what I have to do. And ever since then, it was like just... For those seven years, it was like trying to fit a square in a round hole. I just, I never felt fulfilled. And I was happy. I was, you know, doing fun things. I was traveling the world. I was doing different things, learning a lot. Um, but I never felt fulfilled. And as soon as he said that, I was like, ah, yeah, right. That's so when he asked you, is this really what you want to do? He said for five seconds. It's like, no, I need to Five be- seconds. Yeah, that's one. He I'm was back like, have you ever thought about it? I was like, you know, I'm doing this. And he was like, well, think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, now that's what I'm doing. Yeah, thought about it. Okay, done. So, yeah. Wow. And as, soon as, and as soon as I said, yeah, actually, yeah, I'm going to do it, I was like, there's, I'm, I'm getting signed. There's no way I'm not getting signed. Because I just felt like the way everything had gone, it was that I was meant to be there at that exact time. So then, okay, and so now you've got it back in your head. It's time to do it. How do you get signed? Um, I... I just went, I trained, Finn was, was lovely enough to um, train with me a little bit on his few days off that he had coming back from Japan. 
So I do, you know, little bits with him, just trained lots of CrossFit and um, everything in the gym. And then I went for the tryout over in Birmingham in England. And, um, and then as I, I... So what was it, tell me about the tryout. The tryout, it was Norman Smiley, um, William Regal. Who else was there? Jay Orr was there. And um, it was just lots of drills, you know, lots of rolls. Um, a lot of it came down to just cardio. And just how you moved in the ring, and then promos, and so promos are like my favorite thing in the world. So I, and then just telling your story, and I think because I'd, I'd worked on my promos so much, um, I just felt I felt so happy to be back in the ring, whether I was good or not. It was just like I think an energy, and then when when it came to telling my story, it was just. Is that what you had to do for the promos? Tell your story. Um, well, I did a promo um, using probably way too many puns, but well, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> and then, um, and then, and then they asked me to tell my story of what I what I did up until till getting here, and then not yeah. a dry eye in the house. Uh, I was just, and I was just bawling, and it was just, it was what I felt like what what I meant to do, and um, I still part of me always regrets leaving. I can't really say regret, but I still have, um, there's just something in my stomach about it. I I wish I never did. I always want to be working on my craft and everything like that. And even though I was doing things related to it, there's nothing the exact same. But if I didn't, I wouldn't be exactly where I am with the girls that I'm with now. It was just kind of perfect. That's what I'm saying. We mentioned before about the four of you coming together from different areas and it's, you know, it was such a great chemistry and connection that, like you said, had you been in the job, you might have lasted another two years and quit, or maybe something else would happen, or maybe. But yeah. you were still doing all of this stuff that was building your craft, whether you were in the ring or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. like I still think about that. Okay, the two thousand five to two thousand and seven period. Like, I lost. I, mean, I don't know, lots of money, and but it wasn't about the money. It was about not being focused and not having my heart into it 100%, which you obviously didn't either. Yeah. And still searching and then finding like these, I did improv and I did acting and I did, you know, just having some time away. When I came back, it was like the best years of my career. That never would have happened had I just stuck around. Yes, yeah. You know, and same thing with you. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting for you to, to take that time away. They say if you love something, let it go. <laughs> comes back to you. That's how you know. Yes, yeah, get back to me. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you get signed right away? Yep, yep, Who right away. You? Um, I well, I knew they they said that you know um, they liked me. I did well. They said um, we never know. They might just be looking for models. Um, so it depends what day you show up on Vince's desk. And I was like, okay, but I had faith that I. But it's not, I mean, you could be a model. Like, no. Well, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, it's like, oh, oh, make her the, uh, the, the hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame. Hunchback of Notre Dame, as in you're a woman. She's the hunchback of Notre Dame. So then, how, then, then the you... Damsel of distress. Yeah, damsel of distress. That's the, what was the one you used yesterday? It's, uh, you were devastated. Oh, devastated. <laughs> I can't remember what that was about. It uh, doesn't matter. It doesn't really. When, so when, how long did, when did you go to NXT? Right away? NXT then. I started. I was the first group in the Performance Center. So I started on 13th of July, which was almost, and then almost exactly two years later, I debuted on Raw. 
Wow. And tell me about this. Okay, so when you finally do, and first of all, you mentioned Norman Smiley again, uh, all the great uh, trainers down at the PC. Were they working? Were you training there pretty much every day? Yes. Yep. Okay. So we would train there pretty much Monday to Friday, and then we do the shows on the weekends, say Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. What's not to love? Like every day, tra- training, improving as, as a what? sports entertainer. They, like promo classes with Dusty Rhodes, like Norman Smiley, Billy Gunn, you, Sarah Del Rey. You can't get better than that. And then training in the state of the art gym. That was just your entire life. Just mm. to be submerged by that. Oh, it was incredible. And you had been around enough to know, like, I mean, like, obviously, I mean, you're missing the dog's bollocks across yeah. your face to wake <laughs> yes. you up. But after training in a place like that, to go to the PC is just, it's like, you know, Wonderland there yeah. with, with so many opportunities. If you can't make it coming out of there, then you probably don't have much of a shot. Yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Now, what was your, what was your, what was your wrestling name before all of this? Rebecca Knox. And then how did you get the name Becky Lynch? Um, well, I kind of wanted to keep my own name. Um, Because your real name is Rebecca, right? uh, I have, yes, my real name is Rebecca and I've got 20 something years of putting my name into other (laughs) words and I just have... So you've been really working on these puns. (laughs) I have an insane amount of fun with it. Um, I just love puns. They're just the business. Um, And then Lynch was... They they just needed Irish names. And then Lynch was just one that came up. And I remember the owner of the gym that I was training out of before I got my tryout. The name of the gym was Raw. And his name was Lynch. And I thought that was kind of a good omen because it was raw. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Was there any other, other ones that they, that they tried to give you or that you thought of? Like, Becky McCracken. No. Uh, Becky McIver. <laughs> and I think everyone in Ireland has to have like a muck name, right? <laughs> That's probably more Scottish. Scottish, yeah. Scottish, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I can't remember. Any. I, there was also... Robin Daly was one of the names that I wanted to pick. Robin Daly? Because I could be like, oh, I'm Robin Daly. Like, I'm Robin Daly. <laughs> like you're stealing money yeah, every day. Yeah. Robin Daly. <laughs> you know, it could be a daily thing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Right, daily right. habit. I'm going to beat you daily. Yeah. Right, right. Daily news. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Be- Becky yeah. Daly, that's got a nice ring Becky to it. Becky Daly, yeah. But no, instead, oh, was, no. the thing is, though, if you didn't, you would never have been able to go to uh, NXT Brooklyn. Brooklyn, exactly. If you didn't have that. Oh, which was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could go on all day with this. So, so finally, you're in the, you're in the, uh, in the uh, performance center and you're learning all this stuff. And then how did you finally get the call? I was actually out injured at the time when I got the call because I'd sprained my hip flexor. We were in... Your hip pit, flexor? My hip bexer. Bexer. Okay. Um, I sprained that when we were in Pittsburgh and uh, I was out. This was shortly after the match that I had with Sasha at TakeOver. And, um, but I was just starting to get better. And I remember, so here's when I got the actual call. Everybody was awake because they were doing shows, but I couldn't go to the shows because I was injured. And I was sitting on a boat. On, um, I was sitting on a boat doing like a boat tour of Orlando. And I got the call from Mark Carano saying, you know, that I was coming up next week. And I was like, what? But where, where were you on a boat tour? on a boat. Orlando's in the middle of the state. What were you riding on? A I, canal? Yes. 
something <laughs> like that or a lake. A lake but somewhere. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And we found out, because um, I was with one of my friends who's a wrestler in Noah, Zach Sabre Jr., who I trained with back in England, who was at those camps with the dog's bollocks. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it always goes back to the dog's bollocks. <laughs> and so I was sitting with him when I got the call, and we had just heard about... Um, but there was one of the houses, apparently, a man bought it for his wife, but he bought 300 peacocks to guard it. 300 peacocks. And I was like, oh, I'm going to buy a house like that with 300 peacocks when I get my road money. And then I got the call. <laughs> and you can ask Zach about it, and then I got the call straight right, after. I'm going to buy right 300 there. peacocks. Hold on, i got, I got to take this call. <laughs> wow. Yep. So, and, and this was interesting, too, because... Uh, you Still know, looking for them peacocks. You, well, you got time. You just got, got on the road. It's been coming. Okay. Plus, you, know, you, 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 you got to clean up. You got to feed them. You know, uh, they, they eat grass. You got to grow grass. I'm sure they do. Keep peacocks eat like grass. They, I'm sure they do. Uh, but the thing that's interesting to me is that the fact that you guys all come up together. Well, three of you come up together. Yeah. And um, kind of all debut at the same time. How special was that for you with your three of your best friends or two of your best friends? Oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I think. I feel like we all need to be up here together and I can't wait for Bailey to come up as well um, because I, I feel like that, that's, we're, we're a unit, you know, even though we're, we might be on separate teams. Um, there's an energy and a chemistry between all of us. If one of us came, it's not as much of a statement. Do you find it at first that when you bring in so many people at the same time, it's hard to kind of establish identities? I think, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's going to be tricky. And I, I, I feel like time will, yeah. will carve, well, carve I mean, it out. That, that's, yeah. No, that, but that's the thing about it to, to, to me and knowing you guys from NXT and then you guys all came together. It's awesome. But it is hard because it's like even tonight, this is a Divas six man, woman, yeah. whatever. And... You get in, you do your thing, but you're still doing some good stuff. I like the little uh, back blinch that you back bridge. I tried to put a list uh, there. Uh, Is there a name for that? Back back bridge. Back, ah, back lynch. Yeah, I to, back, yeah, back bridge. I tried to go for the yeah. lynch, but I went for the back bridge. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff that you guys are all doing. It's just you're still thinking about it. It's still a matter of getting the elusive promo time yes. to establish what your identity is, right? Yes, yes, but that's all gonna come with time. You know, it's the same with NXT. It, it didn't happen overnight. It was a gradual thing. Um, it's, it's not about a revolution. It's just about us having great matches and working together and, and just having respect and love for this business and, and just continuing to do good work mm. and um, entertain the people. That's, that's what it's all about. And you guys, you have to, and you've started to do this, change the whole perception of what the audience is thinking women's wrestling is. Yeah. Because like I said, for 10 years it was, and those girls did a great job of whatever they were given, the, the, you know, the bikini matches and what all this other stuff. But that's now, you have to, we're trying to retrain people into thinking, oh yeah, remember that? That's not happening anymore. Yeah. Now we're actually going to kick your ass with some great performances in the ring that don't involve, you know, panties and all this other stuff. And I think the audience is really receptive to it. I think the whole world is changing. Um, you look at Ronda Rousey and however many years, was it two, three years ago? And Dana White said there was never going to be an, a woman in the octagon. Never. You know, and I remember saying to one of my friends, uh, yeah, I'm going to wrest uh, headline WrestleMania one day. And he was like, oh, you know, it's nice to dream, but be realistic. Um, 
Sasha and Bailey just main event to take over. So I don't think we're that far away from it. And it's not going to be. It's not going to be because it's it, and Triple H said it's not because it's trendy or um, because it's of a hashtag or because it's the in thing. It's just going to be because we deserve it. Yeah, well, because yeah. if you're a wrestling fan watching you guys work, it's, it's fun. Like I said, it re- I was a big fan of All Japan Women in 94. There's actually a Tokyo Dome show that was all women. Every women's company, there were so many women's companies like in the early 90s. I think it was 1995. The whole show of 10 matches was all women's matches, and they sold 40,000 tickets in the Tokyo Dome. I mean, because it's ex- it was exciting, and it, was, it, was, it became, like we said, the cool thing, and that's what you guys are kind of making this perception of what we're supposed to be looking for in girls is now this amazing new thing. Yeah, you know? it's, just, it's just people wrestling. It doesn't yeah. make a difference right, 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 if, right. You're, if you're a guy or a girl. And I remember being told when I first got here, you know, move more like a girl. I'm like, what does a girl move like? You know, it's kind of, it's, uh, <laughs> I am a girl. I am a girl and I'm moving. So, so that, then that's what a girl moves like, you know what I mean? Uh, so what does it's, that mean, right? Yeah. I, that was one of those things, wrestle like a girl. It's like throw a ball. Is that what it is? You I don't know? know. I mean, I guess, I guess the, the, that's what I'm saying. The perception of what a girl is yeah. in this sport is completely different to, to what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm a girl. I'm moving. So this is what a girl moves like. Yeah. Hello? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Where did you get the uh, idea for the, uh, I was going to ask you about the goggles. The goggles. I like the goggles. Oh, well, they make me feel like, well, that's all just steampunk as well, but they kind of make me feel like a pilot. And I imagine this is my ship and I'm going to take it to infinity and beyond. And then it's like I can see the world through my own unique set of eyes. You know? Wow, that was a pretty deep answer. For, for my explorations. I thought you were just going to say it's just easy gimmick money. Oh, <laughs> First of all, okay, and I love, okay, I'm going to ask you the, the whole list, but we're talking about, and a little bit of this steampunk, it's kind of, um, explain exactly what it is. Steampunk, it's, it's kind of like industrial, Victorian, with a little bit of futuristic. A little punk, um, obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's um, Is there steampunk bands? I don't know. Okay, sorry I interrupted you, so you're basically it's, from... What I love about steampunk, it's, um, it's a style without being a personality, you know? Um, there is that show, Steampunk... I haven't watched it yet, though. Is there? Yeah, yeah. There's a show about it. Really? You know, yeah. And a lot of what what's great as well about steampunk is so many people they make their own things and they make their own hats and their own costumes and everything like that. And I've gotten amazing gifts of of cuffs, like these beautiful leather cuffs with all these jewels on it and cool goggles and oh, amazing. I I tried making a hat out of duct tape. It ended up looking more like an army hat. <laughs> but see, that's cool though. Now, you, like, the, all the people that are into steampunk, you're kind of like the uh, the pers- like the poster poster girl for that mm-hmm. in this company, which is good. Smart thinking. Okay, let's go through two more questions. I want to go through the list of puns th- of your name because you have so many of them. Oh, Bexpert, uh, spectacle, um, excellent, exciting, exactly, Bexit. Um, let's go Beck. Uh, it, Tonight we're list. flying to Dallas, Bexis. Bexis. Right? Bexis. My favorite ACDC album is Beck and Bleck. Bexico. <laughs> you do do a lot of Bexplor. I would see you on Instagram, and you are actually looking around a lot of the towns. You, you, you enjoy... Explorations. Yeah. Well, what I do, because we don't have, as you know, we don't get a lot of time 
um, in the cities. But instead of doing my cardio on a treadmill or going to the gym, I'd just like to run around and see what I can see of the city. And then I'll just take pictures. It's great. Yeah. Hashtag exploration. Yeah. That's great. Um, last question. What's your favorite match that you've ever had? Uh, if you had to choose a couple. Me versus Sasha at NXT TakeOver. And where, was that in Orlando? That was in Orlando. Yeah. 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 Tell me about 100%. it. 100%. Um, I think that was kind of my coming out party. Um, and Sasha is just incredible. She's incredible. Um, and to get to work with her on a special and semi-main and um, just I felt like the story that was told in that match um, everybody was invested in it and um, I just I gave my whole heart and soul into it um, yeah and then to have the crowd singing along at the end of of when I lost they were singing my theme song and that was while I was there crying in the ring clutching my arm is there words to your theme song? Or is it just whoa, whoa. I can't sing, but you know. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's it's been uh, awesome to have you. You've been a excellent guest. Aww. And uh, I can't wait to have you back. At that some would be Jericho. <laughs> That was the exceptional Becky Lynch. I definitely want to have her back as well very soon. I'll be back in the States soon myself because the Cinderblock Party Tour is winding down. We're playing Nottingham tonight at the Rescue Rooms, Sheffield at the Corporation tomorrow for Planet Rock or Winter Rock Fest, and then wrapping up things Sunday night in Truckle Bay for the Planet Rock Fest with the Darkness. It's been such a great tour with Nonpoint Sumo Psycho. I highly suggest you check out both those bands. Uh, and thanks to you guys for supporting all of my extraordinary Talk is Jericho sponsors. They're the ones who keep this podcast for you for free for next week. DraftKings.com. Play for free when you use my promo code Y2J. DDP Yoga. Win an autographed copy of DDP Yoga by tweeting your own DDP Yoga story to me at Talk is Jericho using the hashtag podcast one. I want to thank True Car, Uber, and of course, Amazon. Longest running sponsor of Talk is Jericho. Easiest way to support the show. You're waiting to find some holiday deals. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the killer deals button in the top corner of the page. Hit that Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for the USA, UK the Canada A every time you use Talk is Jericho Amazon links Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs don't forget Christmas is coming up you're going to do some shopping on Amazon go to podcast1.com click on the killer deals button in the top right corner of the page that hit the Talk is Jericho button alright thank you so much to Becky Lynch for being here she was a blast to have on thanks to uh, who's oh Dennis Miller 200th episode if you haven't heard it super super funny and a huge huge response from the mainstream world jericho pulls a rabbit out of the hat his name is dennis miller unbelievable podcast it's a much here speaking of a must here speaking of a podcast that you want to hear how about next wednesday i got former kill switch engaged singer and current devil you know singer howard jones he's talking about why he left kill switch why he loves Canada. We talk a little fishing and some Christian heavy metal. Howard was a great, great guest. You want to be here on Wednesday and then Friday, Team Tiger Awesome returns for the Star Wars Symposium. That's right. We're talking about The Force Awakens. We're talking about the entire Star Wars uh, sextuplet, two trilogies. I don't know what you say. Great show's coming up. I'm keeping it rolling for you all through the holiday season. I will never, ever let you down. So we'll see you next Wednesday for Howard Jones. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Stay cool and a big yeah boy you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and friday at podcast1.com that's podcast one.com